Are you sure? But I, I was trying to remember if I say, hey, I'm Mal. No, or you say, like, hey, it's Mal. Okay. <laughs> I forgot my line. I was like, it's line. It's <laughs> Okay, go. Okay, okay, okay. Did you start it? Just clap. Ready, one. Okay. Hey, it's Mal. And Maddie. And this, this is Smatter of Fact. Just two best friends dabbling and speaking with superficial knowledge on our subjects. In other words, a smattering of facts. Ooh. <laughs> Hi, guys. I cannot stop laughing this whole day. We're having a day. So... Um, okay, so... Uh, oh, you know why we're having such a good day, too? One. I don't. We had Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah, it was So, really like, good. therefore, it's a good day. Two. We just got back, not just, but kind of just, got back from a weekend in Ohio. Yeah, we escaped. And we went shopping, and it was worth it. (laughs) Maybe we'll talk about our shopping, our whole trip experience sometime. Would you guys like to hear that? Let us know. (laughs) I can't, yeah. Let us know. Um, okay, so what's on the itinerary for today? I literally do not remember. What do you mean? We're talking about um, unsung heroes, specifically females, in history, the 20th century. 20th century. Um, so. And we, we kind of thought this might be a cool, like, little series. Possibly. Possibly. Let us know ideas and stuff. Um, you can always email us at smatteroffactmm at gmail.com or follow us on Insta at Smatter of Fact or on Twitter at Smatter of Fact MN. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's how you can contact us. Um, if you know us personally, you can also contact us that way. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We have some shout outs to do. <laughs> Guys, we are blown we are away. <laughs> Okay. We have a new listener from Mexico now. Yeah. Hola. <laughs> um, from, to be more specific, from Toluca, Mexico, which is kind of pretty cool. We also want to shout out our friend in Paoli, Indiana. You're, you're cool, too. Um, and very cool person in Los Angeles who listened to two of our episodes. Maybe it's two people, so I won't, like, discriminate, but (laughs) shout out to the two listens from Los Angeles. If it's you, and you listen to us twice. Thanks for making us feel cool. (laughs) We know we're not. But we're also just, like, I don't know, I'm kind of shook, like, that so many people are listening to our podcast so far. So thanks, guys. All right, I think we should just get started. Let's get started. So, if you don't know what an unsung hero is, it is a person who basically did a heroic act, but is not, like, super well-known for it. Yeah, heroic or... Uh, or just, like, like a, they're, like, a pioneer a or something. Pioneer. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So, do you want to go first, Maddie? Sure. First. <laughs> sure, Okay. So, the first person that I'm going to kind of give you the rundown on today is a lady called Bessie Coleman. 
She was born um, in Atlanta, Texas. Oh. And her birth date is January 29, 1892. Her parents were um, sharecroppers, so she was working in um, cotton fields from a young age. Um, and she took an interest in learning about um, aviation and flight and being a pilot. But she, like, didn't, there were no opportunities, first off, for women in the United States, and especially not for black women in the United States to get um, their pilot's license. Um, so she actually um, saved money to study flight in France. Wow. Because of there, like, not being any opportunities in the United States. So, in 1920, um, when she was 28 years old, she went to France and got her pilot's license in um, 1921 on June 15th. And she was actually the first woman of African American and Native American descent to hold a pilot's license, which is pretty cool. Wow. And she was the first black woman to hold an international pilot's license. Um, she was known at the flight school and at, in her time being a pilot as Queen Bessie or Brave Bessie. Um, and she's literally, like, gorgeous. I'm going to show you a picture of her right now. Everyone go look up Bessie Pullman. Find the picture of her. She was absolutely beautiful. Oh, wow. Um, Go she just looks like a really kind, really, but like really like driven person. Um, so in order to earn money for her flight school in France, she worked as a manicurist in Chicago. After she got her pilot's license, she came back to the U.S. and did dangerous air shows. She did Ooh. like for like really big crowds of both black and white people, and I'm sure many other varieties of people. I almost said flavors, and I was like, that's <laughs> definitely not what I meant to say. Um, and she she was also someone who was, like, like, put herself out there to, like, test new, like, flight modes and, like, oh, planes wow. and whatever. She was like a daredevil. Yeah, she was a daredevil, so that's literally what she did. Um, she had this childhood vow that um, she wanted to amount to something. That was her, like, thing. She wanted to amount to something. And the idea that she got was she wanted to start a school for um, women aviators. So in order to save up to start her school, someone in her life had encouraged her and her friend to open and run a beauty shop to earn money um, to do this, but also to buy her own plane, um, which I'm not sure she ever accomplished buying her own plane. Um, and she never got to start the school because, sadly, Aww. when she was 34 years old, on April 30th, 1926, she died in a plane crash. Oh, Yeah. So that was kind of sad, but really, she um, was a voice and a figure for both the African Americans and women in general. Yeah, um, women really didn't have any rights back then. Yeah. She she really did a lot in the face of segregation and in the 
anti-feminist society. She really like pioneered that way and I don't think that a lot of people know about her. I definitely didn't know about her until I did research on her. Um, but I definitely... The name sounds familiar, but, like, yeah. I didn't really... Well, I think around the same time, Amelia Earhart was right. also really big, um, and I'm sure that she got a lot more recognition just because people were more comfortable with her being a white woman and, yeah. um, you know, Bessie Coleman kind of spoke out and stuff as well, um, and created some of that controversy that maybe Amelia Earhart didn't. Probably Amelia did not. So, yeah, so that's Bessie Coleman. Pretty cool. Awesome. She's kind of a badass. Yeah, I mean, all these women that I was, like, looking up, it was like, wow, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oops. (laughs) Alright, so, she has a really long name, but her name, her full, like, name, I think is Lucy, Noel, Martha, Leslie. That's and like five first names. I know. And she became like the Countess of, I'm going to say Rothes because that's what several reputable sources said it was how it said how it was pronounced was Rothes, but like I've also heard Roths. Mm. Um, so she was a British philanthropist born in Kensington, Londington. London. <laughs> Kensington, London. Kensington, London. Um, on Christmas, eighteen seventy-eight. So she was known for her blonde beauty, bright personality, graceful dancing, and the diligence with which she had helped organize lavish entertainments for English so royalty. Did you just describe her? Or did you describe me? I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> So, like, I don't know, like, graceful dancing was, like, a big thing, apparently. Um, I think that's how she met her husband, though, the Count, Count of Roth, Rothes, who would be. So, in her, like, okay, so, we're gonna go forward a little bit. So, she did charity work with the Red Cross, and, like, she ended up being a nurse during World War Two or oh. World War One, excuse me. Oh, okay. And... Her husband was actually in the war, and he got injured, and at the hospital she was working at as a nurse, she actually nursed her own oh husband gosh. in 1916. That's, like, beautiful. I love yeah. that. So his name was Norman Leslie, the 19th Earl of Rothes. Um, and they were married in 1900, and I wrote down, new century, new me. <laughs> So she's so Noel Rothes is best known for being a heroin heroin heroin. I'm having so much trouble today. Words are she hard. She was a her- heroine. Is that how you pronounce it? Heroin. Her- she was a hero. Oh, a woman quality. She was a woman hero. A female hero. Yeah, a lady hero. <laughs> Of the 1912 Titanic tragedy. Ooh, what was that? So, obviously this was before she became a nurse and all that. So, she literally survived the Titanic and then she went through World War One and became a nurse. And then, like, she just, like, did so much with her life and I'm just like... Like, what am I doing? Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, basically, she went on the Titanic to join her husband who was already in the U.S. 
uh, slash Canada. He was okay. there on business, and they had actually planned to buy an orange grove farm in California Ooh. and become fruit farmers. Because apparently the rich ro- royalty life of London was, they just were sick of it, and they wanted to become fruit farmers. As, as I mean, does. you know. So basically, ship went down, and on the lifeboat, she kind of took charge and handled the tiller of the boat, steering it clear of the sinking liner, and then she later assisted in rowing it to the rescue ship, all the while encouraging other survivors with her calm decisiveness and optimism. So she literally, like, there were women who were just, like, distressed or were losing their husbands and stuff like that, and she would, like, be on the lifeboat, like, comforting them as well as, like, rowing and stuff like that. So, like, because when the Titanic went down, basically... They, at first, they were only loading the boats with women and children, right? Yeah. And so, like, there were no men. Or the rich, which she was one of the rich, right. but... But they weren't loading the boats with people to row. Right. Or enough people to row. Right. Actually, on this lifeboat, there was only one sailor wow. among the group who helped her, like, direct and... Helped direct her and row with her. And he actually said, quote... I heard the quiet, determined way she spoke to the others, and I knew she was more of a man than any we had on board. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was like, you go, Leslie. That's... Well, whatever you, your four names are. That's... And she was amazing. Amazing. And then, she didn't stop there. Once aboard the rescue vessel, the Carpathia, she devoted herself to the care of steerage women and children for the Titanic. Wow. So, like, the lowest of the low. And also, she helped make clothes for the babies and became known amongst the crew as the plucky little countess. So basically, what I'm gathering from this was that she was genuinely an angel in human form. Yeah. Like, she truly did not, like, put herself above anyone else. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, even though she, like, had money and, like, had a title and all that she still like brought herself down to anyone's level who needed help and she was actually portrayed in the movie titanic um with you know leo leonardo dicaprio and everything by rochelle rose oh that's pretty cool and then you also um drew her didn't you during high school i did so We'll post a picture on Instagram of Mallory's amazing charcoal drawing of this angel in human form. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It got an award. award. Yeah. I think (laughs) some. It's really good, guys. Yeah, so. Yeah. I love her so much. Okay. So this next person on my docket is. Your what? My docket. What is that? Like list. Why did you say list? <laughs> I don't, I just wanted to say docket. Okay. <laughs> so, um, this person is Bernadina Rolafina Hendrika Iman. However, she simply went by Deep Iman. Um, I just had. To, like, I would too. <laughs> I just had to read her whole name because, like. Bernadina Rolafina. Hendrika. <laughs> like, it's a long name. But anyways, um, Die Iman was born in The Hague in the Netherlands on April 30th, 
1920. And she was born into a Christian family. And when she was in her 20s was when um, World War II broke out and when the Germans, the Nazis, took over the Netherlands. Um, they were one of the first countries to be taken over. They were kind of squashed in a matter of, you know, a few days. Um, and so this whole country was underneath Nazi rule. Yeah. Um, so they had a lot of restrictions, obviously needing IDs in order to get food, ration cards in order to get food, like no weapons, no radios. Like they were pretty cut off, pretty restricted, and it made it really, really dangerous for um, Jewish people um, to be living there and eventually hiding there. So she, with um, her fiancé, Hein Sestman, uh, I don't know how to say that, Hein, we'll just call him Hein, um, they established a resistance group that was part of the Dutch resistance. And they worked to move people in hiding, whether they were Jewish or, like, Christian residents um, who were in trouble with uh, the Gestapo or whatever. Um, they helped move them around the city and around, like, the countryside and um, basically created these, like, safe houses, hiding people in barns, in basements. They helped downed um, pilots from... Um, America and England and um, all of that kind of stuff, um, falsifying IDs so that people who, uh, like, were on the list to be sent away, relocated, they, it was what they called being sent to, like, a concentration camp. Um, they created false IDs for people who could, like, change their identity but, and not be yeah. caught. Um, and also stealing ration cards so that people who were hiding other people in their homes could have enough food for both the people they were hiding and their own families. Um, eventually she was caught and sent first to a prison um, and then she was sent to a concentration camp and at both of these places she was um, you know, interrogated and just essentially tortured mentally and physically. Um, but she yeah. ended up surviving the concentration camps. And in the process of her being part of the Dutch resistance, she saved hundreds of lives. Um, literally risked her life every single day. Literally yeah. risked These her strangers. life. Um, so she... After the war, she ended up coming over to the U.S. eventually, and she actually settled in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is the area that we're from, and both of us have read her book. There's not a ton online about her, which is kind of sad because I feel like she definitely deserves more recognition than what she has gotten, um, but her book is really good. It's called The Things We Couldn't Say. Um, and sadly, in 2019, on September 3rd, she passed away, um, but 
For the remainder of her life, she told her story and talked about her role in saving lives, but she was so humble about every every single thing. She was she attributed most of it to um to God, her, you know, her, the religion that she followed and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um yeah, so she was just and what happened to her fiance Hi. Yeah, so her fiance unfortunately was killed in a concentration camp. Um but, you know, yeah, it's sad. So sad. I don't even have any words for that, but... I can't even imagine. She was, like, our age when she was doing all of yeah. this kind of stuff. And I think that goes to show the impact that you can have as um, a young person in a community when you know when something isn't right or when something's straight up wrong mm -hmm. um yeah I feel like she's just a really good figure to to research and to understand her life and her legacy yeah yeah that's all I have for her all right so my next person is um more recent like active during like 70s and 80s not a serial um, killer no oh that's good <laughs> Whew. There were a lot of serial killers in the 70s. Guys. We'll, have to, we'll talk about that sometime, but... Oh. But basically, so her name is Sally Ride, and you may have heard of her. Other people may have heard of her. Um, I am stupid and don't know anything about history, so I didn't really know I was going to say, I don't recognize um, the name. But she became, she was the first American woman in space. Oh. Um, aboard the space shuttle Challenger. That's Which, awesome. I didn't know this either, but apparently, so, the Challenger is the one that exploded Oops. and killed all the yeah. astronauts in there, but it actually, that was its last mission. It had, like, ten missions. Oh, okay. So, the second mission out of ten was when she became the first um, American woman in space, and that was June 18th, 1983. Um... So she was born May 26, 1951. She went to Stanford University, where she was a double major in physics and English. Wow. She received bachelor's degrees in both subjects in 1973, and she continued to study physics at the university, earning a master's degree in 75, and eventually a PhD in 78. Wow. So then, in that same year, she actually beat out a thousand other applicants for NASA's astronaut program, and so the first, she was, she was also in the first group that they allowed women in okay. for the astronauts, so that was pretty cool. That is really cool. So then she went through very rigorous training to get ready for her Challenger mission, and little factoid. Um, a, sm a smatter of fact? Yeah, a smatter of fact. The media actually focused in on her because she was like a woman in very much a man's world at the time. And clearly, like, she worked her butt off to yeah. get where she got. And during a press conference... She was literally out of this world. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> during a press conference, though, she was asked, like, crazy questions. Well, like, they they sound crazy to me now, but, like, right. it's just... People were so just, like... Ignorant? Yeah. She, they, she was asked 
Will the flight affect your reproductive organs? And also, do you weep when things go wrong on the job? Because you're a woman. Oh, yeah. Weak, apparently. Usually I weep when things go wrong on the I job. I mean, even if she did, she's still a heck of a lot more accomplished than anyone who probably asked that, so, like... True. I mean... <laughs> True. Like, I would have been, like, I cry blood. Like, I don't know, yeah. something to shut them <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're like, who are you to ask me that? So... After the Challenger's last um, tragic mission in 1986, she actually served on the presidential commission that investigated the space shuttle explosion. Wow. And then after NASA, she became the director of California Space Institute at the University of California, San Diego, as well as a professor of physics at the school in 1989. That's pretty cool. And then, in 2001, she started her own company to create educational programs and products known as Sally Ride Science to help inspire girls and young women to pursue their interests in science and math, which she served, she was president and CEO of that. So she just, like, doesn't stop ever. Yeah. Which is awesome. So she, she won a couple awards, the NASA Space Flight Medal and NCAA's Theodore Roosevelt Award, which I'm not really sure the specifications of that, but it sounds pretty cool. I mean, Theodore Um, Roosevelt. And obviously she was also inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame and the Astronaut Hall of Fame. And unfortunately, she died in 2012 of, um, she had a 17-month battle with pancreatic cancer. But, um, she will always be known as, you know, going where no other American woman went before. Yes. That's awesome. So, she, yeah. That's I'm pretty really sure cool. she has, like, a Barbie made of her, too. Wow. Cool. That is really cool. So, yeah. Go her. That's Sally Ride. Awesome. Okay. So, my next person uh, is Sarah Breedlove. She is better known as Madam C.J. Walker, and I found out about her by watching the Netflix show, I think it's called Self-Made, but I had never heard of her before, and I feel so stupid that I never knew about this woman before. She's like, guys, go watch the Netflix show. It is so good. Um, She was born on December 23rd, 1867 in Delta, Louisiana. And, um, she was the first female self-made millionaire. Wow. Um, and, like, when I was doing my research on her, a lot of, there was a little bit of controversy about her being the first female self-made millionaire, and so a lot of places said that she was the first recorded. Okay. So I think she's in the Guinness World Records book for this accomplishment. And... She was um, basically an entrepreneur originally. She created her own line of um, hair care and cosmetics for African-American women um, because there wasn't, like, a lot around that time. Um, And a lot of times... I feel like they're still even, They're probably, yeah. They're they're just, like, now realizing that, like... (laughs) Yeah. You know, well, it's 
Yeah. <laughs> and like during that time and even today, will be to be completely fair, today, a lot of like African American women were almost being forced by like the culture and the society and still are sometimes to feel the need to like fit into that like white woman's standard of beauty and she was trying to like revolutionize this idea because she wanted to feel comfortable in her own natural hair and like her own like beauty as a black woman which I was like snaps to that yeah so um so she um ended up creating a or founding the Madam C.J. Walker Manufacturing Company which was they had a whole chain of products, but also salons across the country um, where she created hundreds, probably thousands of jobs for African-American women. Um, and she was a philanthropist. She supported the arts and um, many charities um, and programs. She was a political and social activist. She spoke to, um, like, the Business League for, I don't I don't remember what it's called, but the Business League um, that was for African-American people at the time. Um, it, it was largely, essentially, male-run, like, no women were allowed in to put their hat in the ring on this one, and she, like spoke up and like got herself into the league yeah, um her. and like really fought to be recognized as like the owner of the company and the name CJ Walker was actually her third husband she was married three times her first husband died and her she divorced the last two but she held the title madam CJ Walker because that's what she had created um her brand with um and so, like, C.J. Walker was her husband, um, but, like, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> there was issues. Go watch the show. You'll find out a lot more about her. But um, she died in Irvington, New York on May 28th in 1919, um, and she just essentially was a big voice for not only women, but for black women um, in creating jobs and businesses and new lives for a bunch of women but also just like advocating that like their hair and you know their yeah. culture is beautiful so i i found that definitely don't remember hearing that in the history books yeah and that's sad i think that says a lot about the united states <laughs> Which, like, being two sour cream white girls, we probably don't have a lot of space to comment on that, but it's still pretty awesome to and inspiring to hear about all of these women of color who don't get the recognition that they deserve. Yeah, I mean, that's why we're making the effort to learn about it. Yeah. And tell, other, tell others about it. Yes. Educate yourselves. But yeah, go watch that show. Sarah Breedlove, first female self-made millionaire. Awesome. Yeah. So my last woman is Ella Baker. Um, do you know who she is? No. no. I well, she's another. Yet. I mean, probably the same situation. Um, so 
She actually has a Center for Human Rights named after her, Ella Baker Center for Human Rights. And they say that she was known for being a brilliant black hero of the civil rights freedom movement who inspired and guided emerging leaders. Work. Yeah. So Ella Jo Baker was born December 13th. Hey, that's my birthday. (laughs) In 1903 in Norfolk, Virginia. And she grew up in North Carolina, actually. (laughs) Side note. She developed a sense of social, for social justice early on, due in part to her grandmother's stories about life under slavery. So, from an early age, she was, you know, aware of that and, um, kind of had her opinions. Um, so she studied at Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina, and as a student, she challenged school policies that she thought were unfair. So, after graduating in 1927, valedictorian, by the way, she moved to New York City and began joining social activist organizations. Wow. Um, the one thing I can say about all of these <laughs> ladies is that they're so driven and dedicated, and it's everything that I aspire to be. Yeah. Definitely. So, then she began her involvement with the NAACP in 1940. She worked as a field secretary and then served as director of branches from 43 to 46. Also, inspired by the historic bus boycott in Montgomery, Alabama, in 1955, Baker co-founded the organization In Friendship to raise money to fight against Jim Crow laws in the Deep South. Yes. And then, in 1957, she moved to... Atlanta to help organize Martin Luther King's new organization, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Um, So she also ran a voter registration campaign called the Crusade for Citizenship. She was very much into um, black people's right to vote. Um, And then later on, she founded the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, or SNCC. SNCC. So she just did, like, a bunch of stuff. She was really an advocate, and I feel like, why have we never heard about her? I know. I've never heard about her. And then, yeah, so she really adopted the Gandhian, Gandhian, you know, like Gandhi. Oh, yeah. Gandhi, yeah, theory of nonviolent direct action. Good. Um, yeah. Wow. Helped with the 1961 Freedom Rides. And then in 64, SNCC also helped create Freedom Summer, an effort to focus national national attention on Mississippi's racism and to register black voters. That's awesome. She just, like... Talk about a badass woman. I was going to say, she's she committed, <laughs> like, her life. That's really cool. All I can say is, like... The only way that we would have known about these people is through, like, discovering them and researching them, and hopefully, like, hearing us talk about them. Um, All of these women will inspire you guys to look into other unsung female heroes of any time, but the 20th century is a great place to look because there's so many And even, as I put it, the sung heroes of the time, there's so many that we could have talked about, but we decided to more focus on the ones that, like, 
don't yeah. usually make it in the history books or you don't hear about them in school or anywhere. So, right. yeah. So, go learn about some badass woman. <laughs> like, oh, so good. And please, um, if you want to hear us talk more in depth about any of these women's lives, um, we can do a feature or a bonus episode about them. Or if you want to hear about anyone else, whether you think that there's other people we should research, yeah. send it our way, please. Yeah. Yeah. That was really fun. It was really fun. Anything else? No. Are we good? <laughs> All right, guys. All right, that's it for today, folks. Stay safe and uh, eat an apple. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>